Hello, welcome to the Bossit Podcast with Mark Edwards and Michael Humblett. This podcast is released every week and is an over-the-shoulder look of a frank and candid discussion between two experienced software executives, providing you with useful tips, techniques, and the latest concepts to help you grow your software business in the fast-paced digital age. So let's get into it. Here is Mark Edwards and Michael Humblett. Hello, Michael. I've got some good news for you today. I haven't got a cold, so I'm not going to be sounding bunged up as I have done on quite a few recent podcasts. Well, you dive straight in. I actually am <laughs> sitting on a real chair, not something I can fell off, fall off. <laughs> so, <clears throat> and I'm sitting in a place in a somewhere in Antwerp in a co-working with lots and lots of people around me, but they locked me in a room because I told them I would do a podcast. So we should be fine, Mark. We should be fine. Oh, now. Good. I want to jump straight in because I was just watching a movie that came by and it had a statement. It says the USP, a unique selling proposition, the USP is dead. And I thought, I need to throw this at Mark. Send me that link. I want to see it. I, I, is dead. I will get it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Telepathy is working these days, right? No, I will send it to you. No, what about, do you think of that? What do you think of that? I, I like <laughs> I like the sound of that movie. I want yeah. to see it. Um, okay. And um, hmm. what am I saying about USP? What <laughs> it's a difficult one, this. But um, I must admit, I think it's um, it's a term like differentiating. It's it's something that I think is one of those things that we see within the industry, where people create sound bites, and in order to do that, they need to take an issue take a concept and they simplify it and they they simplify it more and more and more and then they break it down and it becomes one word or one acronym and I understand the reason for doing that and I think sometimes that's very valuable because you do need concepts in order to help you with your thinking and to simplify things and you chunk with information that's a big part of marketing however (laughs) I've heard I hear this word used so often in my conversations with shareholders of software companies, senior executives, and I think that it's no longer valuable because I think it's been misinterpreted. So the subject that, that we, we're talking about, if we step back, is about the positioning of your business or the positioning of your product. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. And that idea has been condensed down to this simplistic thing that all you've got to do is differentiate it. And I'm afraid it just doesn't work. I mean, first of all, look at the software sector and and, and compare it to some other business sectors. Guys, if you're in the, the software sector, how you position your software is so important and most of you don't don't get it. You don't get it right. We were looking at a subsector, uh, a particular area, over the last few weeks, and we were going through, uh, looking for our client, getting a feel for the landscape of how the various companies position themselves. And usually, I mean, I would expect if you're looking at sort of twenty to thirty companies, and you've got some. We had some fair-sized companies within that list. 
you're going to have one or two of those that have spent time and money and effort to really get their positioning nailed. Mm -hmm. And when we went through, we rated all of the companies on a number of different factors that we do from one to five. There wasn't one that got more than a three and we were being generous. We really yeah. were. We were struggling. None of them had it. They just were throwing out buzzwords. Um, they were using technical jargon. They'd, they'd, they'd got swallowed up down their own rabbit hole yeah. because they get used to talking about their little bit of technology. And and I think where, where it, this word is misused is that it's – and I actually wrote an article about this I'll send you a link, actually, a marketing article, is that people have simplified this and simplified it and boiled it down, and it ends up in the hands of somebody that sits down and looks at the features on a bit of software, and they create a list, and then they look at the competitors, and they say, oh, they don't have this little widget, so let's focus all of our marketing on that. Yeah. Or yeah. we specialise... Which isn't actually so bad. We specialise in supplying this software to dentists, so that's going to be our whole focus. Yeah. Isn't and it also a bit? Uh, if you look to classic solution selling, you it's a lot. It talks a lot about USPs, and you need to lead with your unique. I mean, I I see it rarely. I see it rarely, and and I also agree that if I look at the the sales narrative that that we built, you you and yes. I start building, yes. it has a very different structure. We would yes. actually lead by expertise almost, and 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 that leads to the unique. I mean, the way you phrase the problem, the way you do it, it leads to your unique solution. But but you don't lead with the with with the solution, right? No, 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 no. You you sell the problem. Right. Yeah. You and by doing that you show you're an expert. Yeah, absolutely. And because because a lot of the issues that I think that some clients are suffering from, and this is understandable, is that they have a latent problem. And what I mean by that is they may see some of the problem. Yeah. And your job is to help them see that in advance before they fall down that hole, before they get shipwrecked. It's no good telling them afterwards. Um, or it's no good trying to sell them something that, to a, a problem that they don't really understand. And, you, and it's your job to understand that problem better than they do. Yeah. And you know, that comes back to one of the things that we've discussed before, which is about being an expert is about don't try and be all things to all men. It's, it's to go deeper into your subject. You know, have, a, have some focus enables you to go faster and deeper much quicker. And and the other thing that we're seeing, and again, this relates back to what are the most successful software companies around doing? What are the common common characteristics? They move fast, really fast. One of the one of the things, Mark, I actually got a question for the podcast and it relates to what we're just saying. Okay. That's so good. it's Jan. Uh, yeah. He's named Jan. He runs, a, he's a CEO of a SaaS company. And he asked me, he said, Michael, you keep banging about thought leadership and all of that. Yes. Why do you do that? So it actually fits to this discussion, right? So let me Absolutely. ask you the question. Why, why do we need thought leadership? Why, why do we need the YouTubes? Why do we need to talk about this? I th well, a number of different reasons. I think that, one, you need to be seen as an authority. That's fairly obvious. But I think what thought leadership does yep. 
also is it gets you away from the cliches and lazy thinking. And unfortunately, it's mm, interesting. Yeah. Unfortunately, there are lots of good programmers and software engineers in our, in, in our industry. There are very few marketeers. Yeah. And if I, I mean, this might, <laughs> this might create some controversy. If I'm looking at a business and I see that they've got some great marketeers or they're willing to be helped in the area of marketing. And what I mean by that is, <laughs> and I, this is something I see a lot, is it's very hard to find somebody who's good at software marketing. There's lots of people out there offering marketing skills, and but they don't tend to understand the industry or they just haven't got the marketing skills. Marketing has changed so quickly these people are rare. So if you can find somebody, that's great. But if you're if you're going having to reach outside your 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 company for that expertise, and this is probably more at a strategic level, I would say that that's probably a common scenario because you're going to be very lucky if you've got somebody that really understands marketing. And, understands yet, and yet, Mark, I, I think marketing is so core for scale, especially software that you should control marketing, as in in-house. You can work with an agency, you can do some stuff, but I think eventually it's a key hire. It's an absolute key hire for me. Uh, depends what you mean by that. I, th I, I think for the, the tactical, the execution, the implementation, I agree with you. Mm -hmm. I don't think that you need to do that initially, um, but I think that... If you haven't, you know that you haven't got that expertise, then it's good to get things up and running quickly. Move, you know, you're an advocate of this. Yeah, get yeah, I know. Yeah. Get it done, move fast. I'm just annoying you, Mark. I just want to know. No, no, that's right. No, I'm used to that. You annoy me a yeah. lot. <laughs> By the way, I, I see that a lot. So this morning, for instance, I had a, I had a day. It's a funny story, actually. They, an incubator gave me away as a price a day. So they, <laughs> the, the started startups could win, could win money as a price. Was it under or over $30 a day? Yeah, well, there's <laughs> no code there. So I'm dressed a bit funny today. No, anyway. <laughs> anyway, so... I'm so, after saying the bidding. Yeah, so um, I show up and I have this team and we're chatting and it's uh, sales, 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 sales. And after 10 minutes, I just, I'm going to stop you there, dead in your tracks. We need to talk about marketing. So I spent half a day talking marketing because they didn't get understand that it's not the closing part that's the problem. The whole funneling, I mean, they had nothing. Nobody knows them. I mean, it, it, it's so core to many to many of what we do. I mean, I call it almost, I mean, there's even a company called like that, but I almost call, call it winning by design, right? And, and the yeah. design is a yeah. big chunk is marketing. Of course, there is the product and of course, there is a price setting and competitive space and all of these things. But I really, really think marketing is key and not only that marketing needs to be a production machine you know yeah. you and i we keep talking about it yeah but i again today yeah yeah we do marketing every three months we send out a newsletter yeah. so that's not marketing guys that's no. that's so bad old school stuff no and, and i've i mean you know i've broken out the sort of the strategic part that, that very much links into the marketing world, but it has an effect on sales into you know what we are calling competitive space because it is such a big subject. It's yeah. so important. I can't emphasize it enough. I could, I, I would say you could have poor technical people, poor sales people. You could get that right, and eventually the rest would be fixed. 
Yeah, and that may surprise. There's probably a lot of people actually think the guy's crazy. But honestly, I've seen that with organisations whereby their software wasn't great. They didn't have particularly great salespeople, but they got the competitive space right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I can explain a bit more about competitive. They got the proposition right. They articulated it clearly, and they generated lots of leads. So even if they had a you know a very average or below average salesperson, his his close ratio may be lower. But if you're supplying ten times the amount of leads, he's still going to outperform the the good salesman and the top salesman. In, in the much better organisation. And eventually, if you've got money coming in through the door, you can improve your software. I mean, yeah, it doesn't mean it can be a product that doesn't work or it doesn't mean it, you've got a salesperson there that just upsets every customer that comes your way. That won't work. That's ridiculous. But marketing and that strategic part. So that's why I was saying, I don't think there are going to be very many software companies out there that have got a top marketing strategist in their organization. I don't meet many. I don't mean, because also being in that organization, being very close to the subject almost disqualifies you anyway. It is yeah. so hard to do. But if you get it right, then you get this knock-on effect because it does make that, that marketing and the creation of that machine, the system, a repeatable and scalable system to generate leads, it makes that so much easier. And then if you've got that and you've got a process behind the sales, then you, you know, your sales is going to work. And as long as you keep working it, you can keep improving it. That's right at the heart of so, success. So let me add one more component for Jan who asked the question. So yeah. thought leadership also is, if you look at it very simple, I mean, you had the whole explanation we just done. It For me, it is actually a new sales technique that needs to be part of your sales strategy. You need to have it. It's yeah. as simple as that. If you don't, you want, you're losing a piece of, 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 of your revenue for sure. You want people coming to you because you have something of value to say. It doesn't mean that they're going to buy from you immediately. You know, the last seminar that we did in London, I got feedback the next day. We had lots of feedback and it was really positive. The one that really stuck in my mind that pleased me the most said, it was along the lines of, that was a great seminar. I really enjoyed it. You guys are thought leaders in your area. <laughs> there you go. Really, that really pleased me. That's why you were running around with a smile for two days. No, I yeah. It's true. So, Jan, thank you for the question. And yes, yeah, I will question. tell Mark to go easy on the coffee for next time. So, <laughs> going back. This is passion. Passion. This is passion. <laughs> and I'm, I'm pretty relaxed today for once. And I'm thinking, okay, okay, compensation. Anyway, so. I had another question, and it ties in again to this question. It's Peter. He runs a consultancy agency, and he, he asked me the question, Michael, and we, we discussed some of this several times, and it fits exactly to what we've just been discussing. He said, so I have a tough time to choose how to position this whole thought leadership. Should I go like a personal brand, personal thought leadership, or should I go for the, for the, for the company as, as a thought leader? Now, Mark, we both struggle with this sometimes or not. I'm just wondering, I mean, look at, if we look at boss equity, you're yeah. doing the podcast, you're doing some articles, you're leading a lot with personal brand also because it gives a side collateral effect towards the company. But is yeah. that the way forward? Is that the right way? Or should, should you to just give some advice here? How would you yeah, do it? 
let let me give let me give you a perspective of of, of how I see it for Boss Equity. Yeah, I see that we've got a brand, um, and I've also got a brand maybe which is I is complementary. I, I'm not saying something fundamentally different to what Box Equity does. There are articles. There's many other people within Box Equity apart from myself. Mm -hmm. um, I'm perhaps more prominent, but there's lots of very good people within this business that have got their own opinion. But as regards the the sort of the story, the narrative of of Box Equity, that's consistent throughout. We we're not we're not we're not robots of each other. We're not mimicking that narrative but it's consistent which is you know we are here to help software entrepreneurs be more successful that's it and we'll take you through the complete life cycle you know that's the that's the real summary and we've been doing this a long time and we've got a framework and we can help to do this no. to do this but my brand as an individual is also separate from boss equity which is you know I've been doing this for a long time my brand may be I tend to be outspoken. I tend to be very frank, but I'm just being, you know, if you meet me, <laughs> I, I had several meetings tomorrow, sorry, yesterday, and those people that met me, they would be able to verify this if we got them on the podcast. I'll sit and I'll listen to them and I want to understand, but I'll also give them frank, very frank feedback, even when it's not so nice. I might be wrong, but it's just what I think. Boss equity doesn't it's not that's not boss equity i think i mean the honesty bit but i'm i tend to be a bit more blunt maybe than some of my colleagues so that you can have one and the same definitely they shouldn't contradict each other the brand is aligned but you can also have a personal brand so i am not the business uh, i i get it for boss let me give you another uh, Peter, let me give you another perspective on something I did wrong, for instance. So when I started doing all of this, I actually had my company name, which is called Chaomatic, oh, as, yeah. as the main page on YouTube. And then after 30 subscribers, I don't know for what reason, we suddenly, I suddenly thought I need to have Michael Humblet there. So I changed everything to Michael Humblet, which is my name, in case you wonder. Um <laughs> It's Friday, huh? um, <laughs> Now, I realize we are, let's say, a year and a half further. We are over 1,000 subscribers. I realize I should have kept Chaomatic as the YouTube brand because it is the Michael show now, meaning that if I want to scale my consultancy business, people want to see Michael. And that is, it's good in a way, but in another way, it's really bad because I can't scale this thing. So as a personal brand, I think you should be on LinkedIn and you should have your opinion and you can be uh, in shows and you can do these short clips and all of the YouTube stuff you, you see Mark and I doing and the podcast. However, I would recommend you to put it on uh, – if you do YouTube and that, I would really put it on your company's name. By the way, Mark, your movies are on Boss Equity channel. See, they're not on the Mark Edwards channel. Mm. So because if you do that, you also show a much more solid structure because then you would have, for instance, let's imagine I would do this geometric. I would have, for instance, still the sales acceleration show, for instance, and I could have this podcast and then I would have somebody else sharing and showing some advice. And that is what I say to companies. That is how you do it. Take the company name, have several different people with an expertise in a certain area talking so it becomes recognizable, but you see different people. But on yeah. social media, you have to have the blend. Yeah, I think I think a business does need to have a figurehead. Yeah, yeah I see I agree. some. I, agree. I see some companies, and you look at them, and you think that 
there's no face behind this business. No, no. I, I believe in, and for me, sales, the new sales is, is, is human. It's, it's because there's so much technology behind that speeds it up and look at all the growth hacking techniques, but still yet people trust people. So you need yes. to have faces on the side. You need yeah. to have a face. And that's why I think thought leadership, yes, personal brand, yes. It's, I, I agree on the face, but just make sure you put the blend right if you do YouTube and that and put your company name there. As you, as you were saying that, and I absolutely agree with what you're saying, I can hear there's a section of our industry saying, yes, but we talk to techies and it's B2B. They're not so interested in, in people. Forget it. <laughs> exactly. That's the most stupid thing. That's why, that's, you know why, Mark? That's why. But how many times have you heard that? I've yeah. heard that so many times. That's why I win, by the way. If you give me scale up or something and I do the strategy around, that's why I win with these guys because I exactly do that kind of stuff. I will go there where larger corporates are too slow to move or they can't because legal needs to prove us. I would just go very human face approach and, and volume. I'll tell you something else, which is related to this thing about the techie talk, which I was really pleased about with one of the meetings that I had, was that they were, they were sort of pitching their business to us, which is something that we like to see. And, and our feedback was, guys, this is really, you're, you're getting too much into the detail too quickly. It's too techy. Um, there's, a, there's a big percentage, a much bigger percentage of your audience that won't get this and that's usually when they say yes but we only sell to techies blah 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 we're b2b all of that nonsense and he went quiet for a moment and he said you're right i get that i i see the world because i'm seeing a lot of technical people to me i'm seeing a, a skewed vision on the world i'm only seeing a small slice of it but if all my meetings are with techie people because we are, we are, we are portraying ourselves to the world in using technical talk. We'll attract technical people. Then that's how the world appears to me. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you, you, walk, you if you if you if you if it's like you, Michael. If you were to walk walk through your local shopping centre completely naked, then you would think that the whole world walks around laughing. They they. They've seen me before. It's it's no problem. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but uh, I have to. You can try you, that out if you uh, want. I mean, let's I mean, see. The discussion. Video, the discussion, by the way, we're having now. I sometimes do it on boards with large companies, and yeah. I mean, it's such a debate, and people are just they're afraid of this. They're like, yeah, but if my one of my guys gonna do that, people are headhunters are gonna gonna go for him. And I said, of course, that's that's what they're gonna do. But I mean. At least you'll know it openly, and if he li- if he tr- if he likes what he's doing, he's not going to change. But that's the world; you can't hide yourself from the world. It doesn't work. It's no. pure control. Now, do you, I do know. I think. Everyone. Yeah. Okay. You got, you got another question? Yes, I got another question. This time from a lady called Pascal. She asked me, I was doing a whole explanation uh, during a workshop on funnel mechanisms. Funneling, you know, uh, you, you email sequences, don't go newsletters, give, give create bait that people can click and they leave the email and then you send them a follow-up sequence. You know all of that. I don't need to explain that. Um, and she said to me, said, Michael, I understand what you're saying, but would this also work or am I allowed to do this for a non-profit Meaning, not a charity, but like a company that's actually helping the world. Let's say it like that. 
And then suddenly we got into this almost philosophical, philosophical, ethical debate on, well, so I'm just curious. Is it because she sees the, those techniques as unethical in some way? Probably it has a dirty feeling, maybe because it's sales, right? Some people still have that. Yeah, but it's too commercial. And I understand. I, I, I mean, I'm convinced I'm in certain world. Imagine, imagine you're selling um, help to elderly. I mean, something like that. Um, you can't be commercial. I mean, too commercial. If you're too commercial, people will stay away because you have, you're helping the, the, the society. See? I, I'm not sure I understand what you mean by being too commercial. I, too commercial I, I think... is too salesy. Right? Oh, okay. It's, that's right, the mind. Yes. And, and, you know, what, salesy you... language and salesy behavior. And, and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. that's just bad. Isn't that just bad selling? That's another word for bad selling, isn't it? Actually, yes. That could, that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. Because what, what we're there to do, a good salesperson is, is, out there hunting for as long as they've got a good solution they're looking for the people that most need their solution and then their job is to help that person have an understanding about the problem it may be that the that potential customer sees part of the problem and you need to help develop their vision so that they see all of the problem or that they are preventing a problem happening because it can be a direction that that prospect's moving in, and your your solution will help them avoid that problem. But quite often, there's a there's an education process that you need to go through, and you know, going through that funnel helps is is, is perhaps a series of steps enable them to see that. And you can't just dump every bit of information on on them at one time because you just get to that that overload situation where they took the person turns off. Um, so it's a case of starting at the top level, it's qualifying them, giving them the big picture, and then coming down to the detail. Yeah. Um, I don't think that that means that you, I mean, you definitely shouldn't be unethical. You shouldn't use, you know, cheap salesy techniques. It's, it's this is what we do. I, I think, Mark, I think that non-profit charity, whomever, that you need to have some type of funnel mechanism on the landing page. Yeah, because if you lead yeah. by, for instance, this company was leading by newsletter, and that was the only thing you could click on and leave your email, and I said, yeah, but you have no clue what, what, what you're doing. I mean, you want to grow, you want to help more people, so you need to create, let's say, some, some bait, uh, some stuff that, that gives value, some material that gives value, that explains like equations, things like that. So people can leave their email in different places for that, and then you can actually send them the right message and actually improve the world. I mean, is it commercial? Maybe you need some cash, of course, but, but for me, it's just good practice of growing the yes. company and, and even non-profit or profit. I mean, it was a very strange debate at a certain stage. I didn't, I didn't think mm. of saying what you just said because I actually, it's not a bad answer saying, yeah, but that's sale, bad sales. Because, because I told them, I said, I'm not even selling. I'm just growing your audience. I'm growing your reach. I'm yeah. giving more value to the people. And, and although I might do a bit of a sales pitch type of thing here but it's not i mean it's not real hardcore sales it i mean yeah ah, absolutely I, I, you know if you don't believe in what you're selling go find something you are you do believe in yeah i i, I couldn't i could never send something i don't believe in you know that that's where 
your passion, your motivation comes from. Yeah. I, I don't, it's, it's a ridiculous situation to put yourself in where you're selling something you don't believe in. True, 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 true. You just need to make sure you're selling it to the right people. Yeah. So I just wanted to say, Peter, Jan and Pascal, thanks for the questions. If other people have yeah. questions, just throw them at us. We'll make sure to ignore them if we don't like the questions. Now, <laughs> so, now make oh, them as tough as you can and send them to me and then I can ask yeah, Michael. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's time that I get some tough questions. So, Mark, let me ask you another question. Um, you Just before the call we, we got on the podcast, you, you said about, you mm. talked about investments the whole time. Said, yeah, yeah, it's, I need to talk about investments. So, I'm well, giving you yeah. the. You can I'll, get a, I'll give you a choice actually. I'll right. give you a choice actually because there was there was two other things that I wrote down. So one is I wanted to perhaps speak about investment, or I could talk about STRIM, S T R I M. What would you like I to looked, hear about? I looked it up. STRIM, which is cutting, you won't find it. cutting stuff to a certain. Oh yes, yes. No, right. I don't mean that. Thing. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. So let's. So we have about six, seven minutes. Probably a bit less than that. Yeah. You pick. You pick your battle. Let me talk about stream because I'll, I'll come back to investment because I've got a, it's quite a, a lot of on its own investment. Really it is. Yes. I won't better cover it really too well. True. And I've had lots of inquiries in that. It's quite a big subject. We could. We could spend a whole podcast. I mean, we could. I think we should probably spend sort of ten, fifteen minutes on it. I know that you've got some ideas and thoughts around it. It's a. It's a. There's a sales process involved in investment, mm -hmm. but Strim. Um, this is something that will be. Um, I've been thinking and trying to work out a further enhancement in what we do with our with our EVA framework. And next year we have a platform and there's going to be an application there that will help, that will further help our clients. Mm -hmm. And there was one aspect that I wanted to really put forward. And I was trying to think of the best way to do it, which is with always, there, you want to be efficient with your time and, and, and create um, a means that really enables those senior executives in managing their business. Mm -hmm. And the EVA does that. So we're able to do an analysis to focus in on the key areas. And then you come up with a number of, of suggestions and actions. And I wanted a way to help them to appraise which direction they go. Because I think for any problem or for any objective, there's lots of different methodology. Uh, I, you know, I think uh, I think we've discussed this before. Sometimes in this sector, we're dealing with intelligent, well-educated people they can find very quickly four or five different methodologies. It's not about the methodology. Probably all four or five of them would work, mm -hmm. but it's it's how you ex execute them, how efficiently you do, making sure you get it done, you know, mm -hmm. move forward, get it done. Yeah, the keys, and, the keys in operations. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so if we've got three different things, we've got an, we've got an issue, maybe it could be um, a, a, a management issue, and we've put forward three solutions. To how do we appraise those? Uh, maybe you've got some colleagues and you want to look at it as a group to come to a decision of, we're not going to go with all three options. We may need to make a decision about one. And this is can work in every aspect or all the way around our wheel, is to look at it, for, first of all, to rate it upon your confidence as what I call the success factor. Mm -hmm. If we were to put that into implementation on a scale of one to five, how, how likely do you feel it's like is, is the success that you will achieve success on it. That's one way of doing it. The T is how long is this going to take you time-wise? 
that can be very important. So we can have two solutions that you you feel quite likely to achieve success, but one's going to take twice as long as the other. Mm-hmm. There's a right? Yeah. The third one, the R, is resource. What resources is this going to use up internally within your organization? How many people are going to have to be involved? What equipment, whatever, you know, all think about those resources and rate that on a one to five. You could have a solution that can be, you know, is high on the success factor, not going to take much time, but you've got half your staff doing it as opposed to one where actually one or two people can implement it. It's another factor. The I is for impact. Once this solution, this particular solution was uh, implemented, how big an impact will it have upon your business? That makes you think more, diff- more uh, clearly on that. And the, fast, the last one, M, money. How much is it going to cost? Because cash is king within your organization. So we're, what we're doing is we're going to set that up. And this is actually going to be on it's sort of like an app that you can rate it. So once that brainstorming has been done, you can come away, go back perhaps the next day with with fresh eyes, and you rate it on on those five factors. I and like it. I like it a lot. Decision. But one one question, one challenge. Um, if you have to make a decision on three choices, there is always one that 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 has the most emotional impact. If you know what I mean, I mean like. I feel good. It one doesn't mean it's the right one, but we take that into account because if you like something or you love something, better, or am I, am I to Friday feeling here? Uh, I, I yes, I understand what you're saying. I mean, I suppose it's possible to put in um, an emotional factor, but I don't. I think that that that's something that's. Yeah. That's, I think if you're talking about somebody's instinct, I think that's worth. But I think what this would do is it would give you an overall rating. But more than that, it facilitates your thinking to look at that, you know, the comparison of those different um, solutions in a different way and in more depth. You could, at the end of it, say, well, this solution has given us a score of 20, this one 18, and this one 10. We'll go with the 20. Or you could say, that's 20, that's 19, that's 18. But instinctively, I think the 19 is the one we should go for. But it's given you and your colleagues a, a, a means of thinking about that solution in the same way. It's not so much the score, or you could use the, you could use the score. But I think at the end of it, you'd have facilitated your thinking to the extent that you go there will be a general consensus to say, actually, this one makes the most sense. Does that yeah, make no, sense? No, no. While I was asking the question, I was suddenly thinking, I think the whole thing of stream, because I, I really like the steps, I'm actually thinking that you want to get rid of the emotional feeling, because otherwise you're going to discuss about something that's not even tangible. And for these types yes. of decisions, it needs to be more precise and yes. accurate and you need to really think through you this is not about emotion actually it's it's just exactly to avoid emotion so i think yes i'm saying i'm wrong mark write it down somewhere have a wow. party actually, first time in 40 episodes <laughs> <laughs> actually i'm gonna just i'm just gonna uh, ask our editor to put that on a loop 
And that's going <laughs> to be the intro. It's going to be you saying, I'm wrong, Mark. I'm wrong, wrong Mark. I'm wrong. <laughs> oh, God. Actually, the sound is not so good from your end. I don't know. Um... No, I'm somewhere in a, in a very echo room. You know, they locked me in an aquarium. They can all watch me say stuff about <laughs> me. I'm not even paying attention. <laughs> it sounds like the bandwidth is is dying a little bit. We've we've been going thirty five and a half minutes, so we oh. probably should uh, bring things to a close. But uh, good questions today, and you didn't warn me. I didn't know anything about that. <laughs> so thank you. Was it? Did you say one one of the people was Yan who yeah. uh, sent the questions in? One was Yan, and who was the other person? Yeah, the Peter, Yan, and Buffalo. oh, Peter. Yeah. Excellent. So thank you for those questions. I'm hoping. Next week, I will have some questions that have been sent to me that I can throw at you. Great. Thank you very much, Michael. And uh, we'll speak again soon. Speak again soon. Bye, Mark. Cheers. Thanks, Michael. Bye-bye.